0: hey there all you cool history nerds and historians i'm christina and this is after mythology this is where we talk about a little tidbit from mythology that's super fucked up it's june which means it's pride month and i want to tell some stories this month about the lgbtq plus community So with mythology, I've actually found quite a few LGBTQ plus stories. Um, But most of the time, they're fucking horrifying. (laughs) They're all like full of rape and murder and uh, transforming people into like animals and flowers and trees and stars. And like, we might talk about some at some point. But I really wanted to tell the story that has its fucked up moments, not surprisingly, but it's actually kind of a sweet one for the most part, which is kind of a little surprising, like kind of has a happy ending. So today we are going to talk about the Egyptian myth of Iphis and Ianthe. Um, I see Egyptian kind of hesitantly because I guess because it happens in Crete, which is in Greece. Um, but the most popular account is written by Ovid, who is Roman. But the main goddess is egyptian so technically it's an egyptian myth but there are like greek greek and roman gods in it as well um but the the main one is egyptian so the egyptian myth of Iphis and ianthi so sit back and relax and practice your oh good god what the fuck faces but also get a tissue ready because it's actually kind of sweet as well (laughs) long ago in the city of Phaestus lived a man named Ligdus. Ligdus was a modest and honest man he's married to a woman named telethusa who is pregnant with their first child now right before she gave birth Ligdus came the fuck out of nowhere and said he prayed to the gods for two things one that she had a quick and relatively painless labor and two that she would have a boy because they were poor and girls require a dowry that they wouldn't be able to pay when she got older which i mean is understandable because that's something that you should be worried about when you're poor if it is a social requirement but this motherfucker Legdis goes about things all the wrong way and tells telethusa if the baby that she's literally days away from giving birth to turns out to be a girl he's gonna kill it Telethus is obviously not okay with this and begs lictus to change his mind because they tried so hard to get pregnant and they were so excited about having their first child and who knows what the future would have in store and the thought of killing a baby strictly because of a dowry some 15 years or so down the line is appalling but lictus doesn't change his mind so that's cool Just gotta gotta love the 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 bakta misogyny. But later that night, Telethusa has a dream where Isis, the Egyptian goddess of healing and magic, who's associated with wives and mothers, came to her and told her not to worry. Isis tells her that she is such a faithful follower and her children will live regardless and she doesn't have to worry about her husband. Isis tells her that she is the goddess who brings comfort when her followers ask for her help and for hope. So Telethusa woke up from her dream and went into labor. It was thankfully a really easy birth for her. And at the end, she had a beautiful baby girl. So Telethusa comes up with a plan and tells all the nurses and everyone that's present at the birth to tell Legdis that she gave birth to a son named after his father, Iphis, which was an Egyptian gender neutral name. So it worked regardless. So they raised Iphis as a boy. They dress Iphis in boys' clothes, they use male pronouns. Iphis was pretty androgynous looking, but Iphis still identified herself as a woman. She just knew that she needed to portray herself as a boy so that her father wouldn't murder her. So, years later, Ligdus finds a bride for his son, the beautiful and blonde Ianthe. Ovid describes her as perfect and a perfect match for Iphis. They were the same age, they were both beautiful in their own ways, they were educated, and their friendship blossomed to complete and true love. Ianthe could not wait to marry Iphis, and although Iphis loved Ianthe more than anything in the world, they could not get married. If it was ever found out that Iphis was actually a woman, it would have been really, really bad for the both of them. Gay marriage was definitely not legal in ancient Egypt and Greece. I mean, there's like those stories about gay relationships that were mostly socially acceptable, I guess. Um, But that was typically between two men. I mean, Apollo was able to uh, oil himself up and play naked discus with Hyacinth and no one bats an eye. But these two women are absolutely completely in love and they can't be together. And Iphis says this whole soliloquy where she's struggling with her sexuality and says, cows don't fall in love with cows, they fall in love with bulls. And she says that in the entire animal kingdom, no female animal wants another female animal, which science now has confirmed is definitely not the case, but this is ancient Greece slash Egypt. So Iphis says that her feelings for Ianthe are worse than those that Pasiphae had. Pasiphae, for those who um, aren't aware of that fucked up story, um, is about a woman who got super hot for a sacred white bull and then solicited the inventor Daedalus of later Icarus fame to make a contraption so... So that she could have relations with said bull, she got into like a a wooden contraption that looked and smelled like a cow, and then positioned herself just so, so that she could fuck a bull, (laughs) Uh, and then birth the Minotaur into the world. But it was okay for Iffys. Uh and and not as bad as what Iffys is feeling, she says, at least because the bull was a male bull. So if that doesn't speak to how fucked up society was, I I don't know what will. She tells herself, Iffys you are born a girl. Stop pretending you're a boy and just embrace it and love Ianthe how she should be loved. There's nothing really stopping me. There's no guardian. She's not married. Her father approves. But if it says she can't have her, and even though her life has been good and the gods have been kind, two women cannot get married. She asked the gods why they would do this to her and make her feel this way, and that if this was their intention, they should have just let her father kill her, and she has lost all hope. And this breaks my heart so much because this story is thousands of years old. And yet these are still feelings that still exist within the LGBTQ plus community as they're trying to like find themselves and figure out who they are, especially if they're raised in a really religious household or have significant people in their lives that are homophobic. And I really don't expect to ever have like a significant reach with this podcast. But I still want to say, if you're feeling these feelings, you are not alone. You deserve to love someone and be loved no matter who the other person is. Now, I do want to say at this point that there is like one version that I've heard before. I couldn't find it personally when I was researching this, but I have heard this version where I, knows that if is a woman and she's totally okay with it, they're not like trying to like pull a switch on her really quick where Anthony thinks that she's marrying a man. And then they're going to like get to the wedding night and be like, surprise, no penis. Um, there's a myth that I've heard that says Anthe loves Iphis even more when she finds out that Iphis is actually a woman. She's in love with the person 100% and it doesn't matter what happens and fuck society and fuck everyone's expectations and ideals. She's willing to like be happy and put herself at risk just as much. It's not an Ovid's telling, um, but it is like I heard a podcast that talked about that at one point w- with this story. So... Iphis's mother, Telethusa, keeps delaying the date because society wouldn't be okay with this. They'd probably end up killing Iphis and Ianthi if they found out about it. So Telethusa says that she's sick, or she had a bad dream, and it was a bad omen. But she eventually runs out of excuses, and the night before Iphis and Ianthi's wedding, she meets her daughter in the temple of Isis, and they pray to her. The goddess who brings comfort when her followers ask for help and hope. And Isis heard her. Her altar shook, the temple doors trembled, her idols glittered, and in the distance you can hear sistrums, which are her instrument. Telethusa and Iphis see these and hope that they're a sign of a good omen. So the mother leaves the temple first, and Iphis follows. But as she leaves the temple, her stride lengthens, her features grow sharper. His hair shortens. Iphis has been transformed into a man by the goddess Isis in the name of love. Iphis and his mother run back into the temple, and leave offerings to Isis, and inscribe on one of them these gifts which Iphis pledged as a girl are paid by him as a man. And the next day, as the sun rises and shines light onto the world, Ianthe walks down the aisle to her Ephesus, and they become husband and wife and live happily ever after. The end. And I think that this is such a sweet story, aside from um, the girl murder and the heartbreaking thoughts that ifis has about herself. Um, but I mean, it's kind of realistic. Um, I know I've definitely struggled with thoughts like that in my life before, um, as I've, you know, dissected and come to terms with my own sexuality. And I think that this story is one of the very few where gods intervene and I don't hate them for it. And I'd love it. If this story had ended with Iphis and Auntie saying fuck it and getting married anyway and living their best lesbian life on the hillside. But times were so different back then. Especially for women who fell within the LGBTQ plus spectrum. I mean, times were different 50 years ago. Times are different 20 years ago. I mean, the first legal same-sex marriage happened in the United States in 2004. And there are still countries that persecute people for the suspicion of being gay. But everyone deserves love. Like the great... Ewan McGregor says in Moulin Rouge, the greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return, regardless of labels. Thank you so much for listening today. If you have a story from history or mythology that you would like to hear me talk about, please reach out. You can email me at eftephistory at gmail.com. Or reach out on any of the social medias. I'm at FDEP History across all the platforms. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. I'm a terrible millennial and rarely post on social media if you follow me. But I am there. And if you liked the story today and want to hear more, please consider subscribing so you can catch my next stories. I'm going to try and do an LGBTQ plus story every week this month. I make no promises. But I'm going to try. And remember... History might be watching you, so don't fuck it up. Bye!